Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining this episode of the Life After Love Gone Wrong podcast. I have two very special guests with me today, and we're going to be discussing mortgage tips for clients who are going through a separation of divorce. As many of you know already, my name is Sandra Fava. I'm a partner in the Family Law Department at Fox Rothschild. I'm resident in the Morristown office, but my practice carries me throughout all counties of the state of New Jersey. And today I have with me Kathy Maloney and Dina Parla. Um, I'm going to turn it over to them. Kathy, why don't you start first? Give us an introduction of yourself. Thank you, Sandra, for having us. My name is Kathy Maloney, and I work for Guaranteed Rate Affinity. And part of what um, Dina and I do is we help men and women that are going through divorce or separation as it relates to their mortgage needs. How about you, Dina? Anything you want to add? Nothing I want to add, just to say that I am Dina Parla, and I also work with Guaranteed Rate Affinity and everything else that Kathy said. All right, let's get right into it. As an attorney, obviously, I have many situations where clients who are divorcing or separated decide that they want to either keep their marital home or uh, an investment property, and so there's obviously questions. You can't just assume a mortgage generally. Uh, There are some obvious exceptions to everything, and you need to refinance either to remove your spouse's name from the obligation or maybe to draw out equity and all that. And how does that all come into play if you're going through this legal process where you're disentwining yourself from a spouse? One of the things that people want to do, and I'll ask this of Kathy, is they want to use their alimony and or their child support to qualify for a mortgage. Is that possible? And what are the guidelines to doing that? Yes, it is possible to use alimony and child support as income to qualify for a mortgage. However, it's very important that when you're receiving alimony and child support, we as the lender have to see a six-month history of the receipt of the child support or alimony in the borrower's own account. So it cannot be in a joint account with the ex mm-hmm. or the soon-to-be ex. And it has to be the exact amount that reflects on the divorce decree or separation agreement. So it has to match the um, document and it has to be an on-time payment. It has to be consistent for at least six months and it has to continue for at least three more years from the date of closing. Okay. So what about if you are receiving unallocated support while your divorce is pending, whether it be a combination of alimony and child support or just alimony, as long as you receive that into a separate account and just your name, does that start the clock for qualification? I believe that is not going to work. It has to be once the divorce is final and that's when the clock starts ticking. Okay, understood. Can the spouse who is not gonna maintain the property, so I guess we'll call them the vacating spouse, can they be on the loan to help with qualification for the property? So if the vacating spouse wants to be on the new loan with the ex, that's fine. They can be a non-occupant co-borrower. However, they're going to be on the mortgage, the note, the deed. It keeps them legally entwined with one another, which may be very opposite to the goal of, of divorcing and separating themselves from one another. So when I have a situation like that, I just always make sure that my borrower understands that 
the person that they're trying to become separate from is now getting back entwined with that person again, just as long as everybody sure. knows that. Right. Makes sense. And then what about the situation, uh, you know, depending on a spouse's employment, there's oftentimes where alimony consists of maybe a base payment and then a percentage of a bonus that's paid annually or semi-annually or even quarterly. Do those bonus payments qualify as income for use towards the mortgage loan? So if there's a situation where the receiver of the alimony or child support is also receiving a percentage of a bonus, we are not able to use that income because it's considered variable. So we only can use income that we know is fixed every month and on time. We can't use something that's flexible, maybe today, maybe this month or this quarter, not next quarter. So we would not be able to use that as income for our purposes for qualification. So it seems like the, the theme is that it has to be consistent, equal payments paid on a regular basis. Yes. Yes. Sometimes I see where instead of making the total payment, people will subtract out maybe soccer camp or dance class. That That's not acceptable. That's why I always try to speak with someone before they start receiving alimony or child support to make sure that the full amount is deposited that we see. And then if you know they can pay back dance class or whatnot after that. Understood. What about this? A couple is separating, obviously they're very anxious to move on and separate physically from one another. Can one of the parties begin to look for another home before there is a final agreement? I actually have two situations like that at this moment where I have two couples that are unrelated and one spouse, they haven't started filing, they're just talking about it, but the one spouse wants to leave the marital home. You can't have two primary residences without something in writing, something from an attorney, some type of a separation agreement or something that we can say, oh, okay, we see that this is a separation that's happening. The spouse that's leaving the home would have to be an investment property. They could buy a home as long as they qualify, but it's not going to be under the owner occupied primary residence guidelines. Understood. Okay. Good to know. Next question I have is if a party to the marriage hasn't worked outside of their home, a stay at home parent um, or homemaker, can they obtain a salary job in the context of obtaining a mortgage? And how long do they have to be working in order to apply and qualify for a mortgage? We do this on a case by case basis. If somebody had a job for a period of time in, say, finance, and then they stopped working because they decided to stay home with children or whatnot, and they got another job in the same field on a salary, we generally will look for a, at least a six-month history on the new job before we can use it as income. However, mm -hmm. if somebody is going to do a hourly type of job, even if it's in the same industry, then we are looking for a two-year history of work. We do this on a case-by-case -case basis, depending on if, if they had any job history at all during the time that they left their full-time job. 
and we really try to do this as what we call a power bid pre-approval where we show the underwriter all the documents so we can be 100% sure that the income we're using is acceptable. Got it. Okay, good to know. What if people are paying what they're receiving, um, alimony and child support, but it's voluntary. There's no court order. There's no agreement. They've reached amongst themselves this arrangement and uh, the money's going into a separate account, but there's no document that um, legally obligates one to the other for these payments. Is that going to be useful? Unfortunately, that's not going to be acceptable because they just decided among the, among themselves that this is what they want to do. But when they actually go to get the legal document, maybe somebody is going to change their mind and then there's no document that says what we're really talking about. So sometimes I see this where people decide to do this on their own, but we can't use it until we match it with the legal document. Okay. Understood. That makes sense because somebody could take that support away at any time, theoretically. Yes. The, and that's a risk factor, certainly for the underwriter. So that makes sense. And lastly, on this topic, when I know we could talk about this for much longer, but yes. uh, given that, that this is a podcast and we'll talk about in a few minutes how everybody can reach out to you and get more information and all of that good stuff. But I always talk to my clients about how, as a marital unit, their credit scores affect one another. How important is that when you're talking about this process, Kathy and Dina, for your working with clients who are separating or going through a divorce and what one spouse's credit may do to the others? Can you talk just briefly on that? Sure. So I always advise when people are thinking dating to begin to break up the joint accounts because the last thing you want on top of everything else we just discussed is to have an issue mm -hmm. with credit because somebody might be angry at somebody else and therefore not pay a joint account and therefore have the credit score start declining in this process it, because it doesn't have to. If people can just separate and pay their own things and keep everything on time and keep the credit score intact. Because sometimes when the credit score declines, it takes a while for it to go back up. And someone could have had good credit for decades and then this happens and it just, it, it's unfortunate. So I always advise that if they can agree on what to keep independently, and keep those accounts in good standing, that's always gonna serve everybody the best. Great. So these are all really great tips and, and thank you for sharing them with us. I know you are both very experienced um, in mortgage lending and working with clients. Can you let us know and listeners know how, if they have other questions or they're, they're interested in working with you, how they can reach you? Sure. My email address is Kathy with a C dot Maloney, M-A-L-O-N-E-Y at G-R-A rate dot com. And that's the best way to reach me. And my email is Dina, D-I-N-A dot Parla, P-A-R-L-A at G-R-A rate dot com. Great, ladies. Thank you so much for joining me today. It was really a pleasure. I hope everybody got a lot of good information here. And we'll see you at our next episode. Bye. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you.